0: In a year when sales growth in the U.S. is relatively flat, pre-rolls have managed to grow by over 13%. They've achieved massive success in the last 18 months, making it third most popular cannabis product type in the U.S. and second in Canada. So we're going to dive into this headset report and discuss sales growth, brand count, top segments, demographics, pricing, and more, all coming up. It's only entertainment! Welcome back to The Talking Hedge, I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. With me is Harrison Bard, he's the co-founder and CEO of Custom Cones. Harrison, thanks for being on The Talking Hedge. Hey Josh, yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to dive into this headset report and uh, first just talk about sales growth. All right, so currently the second largest category in Canada, third largest in the U.S., Pre rolls are popular for one reason or another. We're looking at uh, pre rolls total sales increasing by thirty five percent in Canada and uh, in the US increasing by thirteen percent, outperforming all other categories by a long shot. Uh, price and convenience, Harrison is, is kind of my go to. What uh, what's your take on on the popularity's uh, growth over the last eighteen months to three years?
1: Yeah, it's definitely price and convenience that's driving the trends, but the increase in quality while price is going down is helping continue that and and allowing pre-rolls to take a larger and larger market share. So originally when pre-rolls first came to the market or when they originally come to any market, um, especially like a medical market, they don't tend to be the highest quality. Back in like 2017, 2018, a lot of farmers were just putting shake and trim into their pre-rolls as a way to offload that waste material or just that low quality material. But now as the price of flour has come down, farmers are able to put really high quality full flower buds into the pre-roll as the machines have improved. you know, All of these pre-roll machines are recent inventions. There wasn't really a need for them 20 years ago. So there's been a lot of advancements in both the tabletop pre-roll machines as well as fully automated pre-roll machines. And as flower prices have come down, also the labor and manufacturing costs have come down. So those two factors combined have allowed quality to increase well, without sacrificing anything in terms of you know price.
0: Mm-hmm. Looking at the total sales uh, by category, customers in both the US and Canada looking at pre-rolls, Again, the US pre rolls captured 15% of total sales. That's up 32% since January of 2022. And then when looking at uh, specific markets, you'll see Massachusetts, they've got 18% of the market. California's got almost 17% of the market, um, which is pretty good considering Massachusetts is relatively new. I know in Washington, it's, it's, Fairly popular as well, but interesting that a a newly emerging market like that would gravitate. Maybe it's because there's so many colleges up there. I'm not really sure, but interesting nonetheless, whether it's East Coast, West Coast, U.S., Canada, still incredibly popular.
1: Yeah, I think there is a bit of a higher percentage of people that smoke on the East Coast. The West Coast tends to be a little bit more health conscious, and the East Coast does have a strong culture of smoking, especially tobacco culture, up and down you know, especially the South of the US, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. And then just, I think people in general in Florida and New York are also smoking more about tobacco and cannabis versus, you know, your California, Oregon and Washington, where people are much more health conscious.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that there is a lot of people are gravitating towards it. And it might be because the economy is tough, it might be for a lot of reasons. But you can see that flour had 45% of the market share Uh, Whereas pre-rolls only had one fifth and they sort of meet in the middle both at 30% now or a third. Um, And, you know, I think that kind of just speaks volume, Uh, either price compression, either times are difficult and they're just looking for something cheap and or um, they've been they've been in the market for a while and they're just finding out what they like. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons for that in the end pre-rolls are capturing a third of the total sales. So that's 60% increase in market share, which was only 20.7% in January of 2022. So that tells me that something shifted dramatically. What is that cost of goods of, of everything are going up? So maybe people are still wanting to go in and grab and go. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's it's fairly recent and fairly dramatic.
1: Yeah, I mean, in Canada, what we really attributed to is just the allowance to create infused pre-rolls. So Health Canada is the governing body in Canada that regulates the cannabis and what can and can't be done and how to bring those products to market. And infused pre-rolls were not allowed at first. They were pretty diligent and slow to allow companies to roll those out. And so infused pre-rolls, which were already extremely popular in the US, went from not allowed to allowed and just opened the floodgates. So infused pre-roll sales in Canada are up over 1,400% because customers already knew that they existed and that they're high quality products. And and again, I think it is convenience. If you look at the other fastest growing categories or subcategories, so like what type of subcategories within vapes or within pre-rolls are growing the fastest, it's infused pre-rolls. And then one of the other fastest growing categories is all-in-one disposable vapes. So those two are 100% speaking to a convenience factor in terms of, you know, the all-in-one disposable vape is much easier than getting a 510 threaded cart that you need to charge the battery. Um, As sad as that is, customers are are pretty lazy and they really value convenience. And then the same thing with pre-rolls, you know, then you don't need a grinder, you don't need to roll it up or fill up a cone. Um, So I think it's both of those big factors.
0: It is bringing in new people too. So we're starting to see a lot more people coming in, almost 400 brands coming in, but the rate at which they're coming in is slowing. So we're seeing in Canada, double digit growth year over year, uh, every year since 2020 in every market. So that's total 95 pre-roll brands. And then 2023, that number has risen 335%. So that's almost 420 brands and pre-rolls during that same period. But we're seeing signs that it might be kind of peaking out or, or petering out because it only grew 38%. Again, reaching almost uh, 420 brands. So while popular, there's there's only so many you can throw up there and differentiate, but they're trying. Mm-hmm. Total brand count, again, U.S. Uh, seeing some strong sales. It's not as sharp as Canada. They're increasing 45% to Canada's 335% year over year. Again, we're going to have to kind of wait and see Growth like Illinois and and Maryland, I want to get to because they're a little bit ridiculous on on their pricing, which we're going to get to later on.
1: Yeah, there's like a natural life cycle in all these markets, certain places like Oklahoma, where they just let everyone get a license, huge influx of new brands, there's way too much supply versus demand, so they can't all stay in business. And then you'll see that total brand count hit its peak and then find its natural equilibrium of what actually, you know, can satisfy the market. And then there's places like Illinois where you just touched on the prices are ridiculous. That's because they're, you know, I would say like a bit of a corrupt market where they really try to limit the number of licenses and give those to only larger players by decreasing the amount of supply, you know, there's still a ton of demand. So they're going to be able to charge more because you have no other option, but now we're starting to see, Illinois um, give more equity licenses and small business micro licenses. So we're going to see the total brand count increase there, and then prices will continue to come down.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. A friend of mine down the street in Renton just got a license in Illinois. We'll see. It could be a blessing and a curse. When we're looking at top segments, both US and Canada, popular segment, obviously pre-rolls, and the infused, like you mentioned before that we're seeing a lot of infused increasing in popularity. It could be because people are wanting, they're seeing the percentages of THC in there or whatever, just kind of wanting that extra buzz. Uh, but nonetheless, we're kind of seeing an um, account for about 80% of total sales within this segment. And that's in the US and Canada. It's, it's about um, 67%. It's not a surprise to me <laughs> at all. Yeah. No, we did
1: a deep dive into the Arizona market because uh, we were speaking at a trade show out there. And out of the top 200 best-selling pre-roll products, all 200 were an infused pre-roll SKU. So they're gobbling up market share in terms of within the pre-roll segment. And if you're a pre-roll manufacturer and you're not creating an infused pre-roll SKU, you definitely need to get on that now. And if you're not creating pre-rolls at all and you're trying to get into that space, starting with an infused pre-roll is definitely the right move.
0: Yeah. I had to do it consistently and all that. The popularity is there. The demand is there. Um, Infused again, capturing about 32% of pre roll sales in Canada, 42% of the US. And um, after that, looking at like mixed strains of pre rolls. It's just basically like a hybrid because people don't know what they want. They have sativa, they want certain effects of this and that. um, But nonetheless, they definitely want infused. Yeah.
1: I mean, what I really think is driving the mixed strain is it's a blend, and blends work better on automated pre roll machines. Mm -hmm. It's because Automated pre-roll machines need consistency, and typically cannabis is anything but consistent, but by blending materials together, the manufacturer is able to help achieve some sort of uniformity or consistency in what's going to get that automated pre-roll machine to run. So that's what I would attribute to the the rise in mixed strain pre-rolls.
0: Well, we know what they're doing is they want more of them. We're seeing that with packaging sizes. You're seeing, uh, multi-packs accounting for over 82% of sales in Canada, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, that's, that's a lot. So, um, yeah, Yeah. single, single up in Canada is only like one out of five, you know, and you see that a lot in the U S people are going in there and just grabbing singles, but in Canada, um. Most of them are just going up for, for the multi-packs up there. So huge kind of differentiation. But this this is what I love though uh, about our Canadian neighbors. Like I, I'm I'm feeling them on, on this one. In the US, one gram captures 40% of the market. Um, where up there it's less than 15% in Canada. But what they do like is one and a half grams. That's taking about the same amount as our one gram, but that's then followed by a three and a half gram blunt at over almost 17%. And I'm trying to get a Panacea's blunt sticks here, three and a half grams, and they're always either sold out or they forget to order them or what the deal is. But I'm loving the fact that more than you know, almost one out of five are like, yeah, I'm going for this blunt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Blunts are getting more popular. Yeah. And in the U.S. back in 2018, um, our data showed that pre-rolled multipacks made up only about 27% of all pre-roll sales. And by now in 2023, it's almost half. It's like 47.6% of total sales. Yeah, and then your data there shows up pretty much forty nine percent. So yeah, really almost half of all pre roll sales now is coming from a multi pack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you're seeing a lot more here in Washington too with the you know putting in glass jars, the, like an ounce jar, or whatever. Putting in twenty eight one gram joints. So it's it's there. The model's there. That's that's for sure. Again, a little bit of pricing here, in Canada. The equalized price um, per gram eight dollars and ninety eight cents. So the average item price for pre-rolls is 18 bucks. So that's because they have multi-packs. So they're obviously buying more when they go in and, and getting more for their bucks. So it's that's that's a lot though, 8.98. Because if you want to compare that to like what we're seeing here in, in Washington, you know, it's going to make them probably uh, feel a little bit of pain up there because we're paying $3.69 in Washington. In Illinois, they're paying three times that at 13 bucks. So if anything, I got to tell my buddy Miggy, who's going to get a license over there uh, in, in, um, in Peoria Heights that he's going to have to expect a $10 drop in pre-rolls per gram.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Washington is one of the most mature markets in the U S and if you're not prepared to see your prices drop down to that. And a lot of people in Michigan are seeing that now as well. Like if you can't compete and play at that price point, you're not going to be able to stay in business. It's not going to be a viable business model for you and you're not going to to maintain profitability.
0: Yeah, so both countries' pre-roll prices, somewhat stable. Currently, price compression that we were talking about earlier. The economy, the way things are, people making different adjustments to their their purchasing. is, I think, definitely part of that uh, that we're seeing. Prices in the U.S. drop by 10% 10 for pre-rolls compared to an average reduction of 20%. And equalize price across categories. So again, prices are dropping 10% on pre-rolls, 20% on everything else in the US. But in Canada, they raise the price 5%.
1: Yeah. And Probably I mean, with
0: the addition of, of infused or something. Exactly, or... yeah.
1: So infused pre-rolls weren't allowed before. Now that they're allowed, they tend to be more expensive than a regular pre-roll anyways. So now that those are dominating a larger percentage of total pre-roll sales, it helped to boost those
0: numbers up. Yeah, taking a look at who's buying them, So it looks like mostly like women. I know in Washington state, it kind of blew my mind. I saw a stat where white women 50 and older were the number one buyers of pre-rolls in Washington state. And that kind of blew my mind. So here it looks like in Canada, Gen X and millennial women in particular show a preference towards uh, pre-rolls. Also maybe a Gen Z women. So again, like females are buying those. I think maybe it's convenience. They don't want to, to grab a, a bong or an apparatus. It's good to convenience, grab a go. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's convenience. And if you look at the demographic breakup for all categories, pre-rolls remains relatively consistent throughout the every single group. So if you look at like vape pens, they get more popular as the demographic gets younger, where baby boomers have the least amount of vape pen consumption. If you look at edibles, it's the opposite. They're more popular with older generations, and then they get least, less and less popular as you get towards the younger generations. But pre rolls remain really consistent. It, it remains about like twenty to twenty five percent of market share amongst that demographic throughout the entire life cycle. So, really proven consumption model or method that's popular no matter how old you are. What's your crystal ball prediction? Yeah, so we think pre-rolls is gonna surpass flower as a number one category in Canada pretty soon over the next six to 12 months, most likely. And then we're excited to see, you know, how that'll shape up and play out in the US as well. We think pre-rolls will eventually be the number one category in the US. That might take, you know, five to 10 years. Um, vapes are much more popular here. Um, but I just don't think vapes give you the same high Um, it's not necessarily as enjoyable for most people from what I hear and I don't think they're that healthy for you those disposable I mean nothing's healthy when you're inhaling it but those vape carts you know have a ton of heavy metals they're really cheaply made because they're disposable so I don't think that they're as enjoyable um, and and healthy for you so to speak
0: All right. If anybody else has uh, any questions for you, you're over at Custom Cones. Uh, What what do you have over there and where can they find you at?
1: Yeah, it's Custom Cones USA, customconesusa.com. Definitely reach out to us. We are the pre-roll experts. So if you're a dispensary and you're looking to figure out what type of pre-rolls to bring in, um, you could reach out to our sales team and we're happy to educate you on that. Or if you're a manufacturer and you're not know where to get started we have all of the machines. Like We don't just sell the pre-roll cones and packaging. We have a deep thorough knowledge of the entire manufacturing process from small tabletop equipment all the way up to automated equipment. So we could walk you through every step of the process, tell you which type of SKUs are popular, what's trending, and then how to also manufacture and bring those to market. We'll throw
0: Harrison's uh, LinkedIn contact information in the show notes. But with that, I want to thank my guest Harrison Bard, co-founder and CEO of Custom Cones USA thanks again appreciate you being on the talking hedge yeah thanks josh anytime you're welcome i'm josh Kincaid. this is the talking hedge don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't and i'm out don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to PodConnects.com. here's a preview of one of our other shows
1: Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out a major journey today on all major podcast platforms.